Hello everyone and welcome to the Restorative Conversations, the new podcast series brought to you by the community of restorative researchers. The purpose of the community is to promote an open and critical dialogue within the field and to enhance communication and collaboration between researchers, practitioners, policymakers and others involved in restorative practices in different contexts and capacities. Through this, we aim to contribute towards maximizing the benefits and minimizing the risks of the growing use of restorative justice and restorative practices. In these podcasts, we'll be speaking to prominent individuals from academia, policy, practice and civil society on recent developments, innovations and research in the field of restorative practice. My name is Tania Nascimento and I'm a project developer for the community while I'm also working for Trax Technologies as a junior analyst. I have recently finished my master's degree in criminal justice and penal change at the University of Strathclyde and my master's dissertation explored the potential and the risks of using uh, and implementing uh, restorative justice in, case, in cases of sexual violence. Today, I'm in Glasgow, Scotland, where I have the privilege of welcoming to the program Mary Moreau, who is a senior visiting fellow. Hello, Mary. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good to speak to you. Let's start by briefly describing your background and how you end up working in the field. Um, yeah, okay. I'm, I originally qualified as a solicitor in uh, England and discovered um, that I wasn't a very good lawyer. I didn't like the paperwork, I preferred people and I preferred appearing in court and mitigating on behalf of uh, 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 offenders or accused, as they say in Scotland. Uh, so I switched and became a probation officer and had a career in the probation service in England. Um, and then when my family moved to Scotland, I became involved in the mid-90s in the, um, in the management committee of a voluntary organisation called SACRO, um, which is, uh, I think, one of the primary third sector organisations working with offenders and their families and also victims um, in Scotland. And that is really, back in the mid-90s, um, that's where I came across the idea and the practice of restorative justice for the first time. Um, SACRA had been involved in developing diverse, uh, diversion from prosecution restorative schemes in, from the late 80s. And um, by the mid-90s, they had enough experience and knowledge under their belt to uh, really be advocating and pushing for development of restorative justice in both youth and adult justice sectors um, in Scotland. Uh, there were a number of key figures um, involved and working for SACRO at different points in the mid to late 90s and then early 2000s, people like Rob Mackay uh, and then uh, Derek Brooks, who brought um, inspiration and deep knowledge um, about restorative justice and restorative practices to that organisation. But, unfortunately, um, it didn't really, um, their advocacy didn't really result in much change 
on the ground or the development of significant services on the ground uh, in Scotland. And there are possibly a range of reasons um, for that. I think your listeners will be aware that from 1999, um, Scotland, uh, the, the politics of Scotland became substantially invo- uh, devolved to the new Scottish Parliament. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas issues to do with law and criminal justice were never um, uh, matters of concern for, were always distinct. Whereas prior to devolution, um, issues to do with criminal justice and law were always distinct um, from the rest of the UK. They'd never been subject to that union of parliaments back in the 18th century. The coming of the parliament to Edinburgh, the devolved parliament uh, to Edinburgh, meant that uh, the politics of criminal justice and the development of criminal justice policy in Scotland was much closer to home and there was an opportunity to, uh, to develop new approaches and distinctive approaches to reflect the particular conditions of this jurisdiction. For whatever reason, the um, development of restorative justice and resp- restorative practices stalled. And although there were patchy examples of mostly youth justice-based diversion schemes, Um, apart from one uh, exception, there was very little development in the adult criminal justice field at all. The exception was a very special project uh, called Talking After Severe Crime, or, or, or TASC, where the main practitioner as uh, Niall Keeney, who subsequently um, went on to become uh, chair of the European Forum of Restorative Justice. And he, um, on that sort of almost an experimental basis, um, uh, worked with uh, the aftermath of um, homicide, the aftermath of, I think, uh, death by dangerous, dangerous driving um, cases and working with the victim's uh, family uh, on a restorative process. And he he has, in amongst all the other things he's done in relation to restorative practice, a tremendous fund of knowledge and understanding, uh, which I respect enormously, about working uh, with very serious uh, and complex cases uh, such as that. However... That was, as I say, that was an exception uh, in in this jurisdiction, and by and large, um, those of us who became enthusiastic and positive about the potential for restorative justice um, were frustrated by the uh, lack of interest amongst um, politicians and policymakers, um, and perhaps also a fairly basic and fundamental misunderstanding or misapprehension as to the nature of restorative justice. 
you think that the development of and uh, in, in the growth of restorative justice in Scotland at some extent has been slower than in England um, because of that misunderstanding? I think you've always got to compare it with Northern Ireland. Um, uh, the, the development of um, each jurisdiction, I should say, each jurisdiction in the UK has had its own trajectory. Um, and one should develop or understand the development of uh, restorative justice in each separately. So, um, I mean, we're just half an hour in the plane from Belfast and Northern Ireland. So perhaps I'd think about there first as a, as a comparator. Um, and, and there, of course, restorative justice, um, in a very interesting way, um, emerged um, as part of the transitional justice experience. We know about community-based paramilitary, paramilitary justice, restorative justice, and um, how, uh, following the Good Friday Agreement and the um, commissioning of the Storm Assembly, in many ways, formal government structures in Northern Ireland had to catch up with um, the community-based restorative practice that uh, um, uh, was taking place in cities such as Belfast and, and Derry. As far as England is concerned, um, it, it, it's more complex, and certainly uh, I suspect that if you accept the argument that sometimes restorative justice proceeds, moves forward more rapidly in jurisdictions where there is a perceived crisis in the penal system or the justice system, then you could argue that just as there's a perceived crisis in the justice system in Northern Ireland, there was clearly an emerging crisis in England and Wales to do with uh, high levels of incarceration um, um, uh, and prison overcrowding uh, and, and so on. And questions asked about how to, to deal with that could argue that um, in this jurisdiction in Scotland uh, there hasn't been um, a level of precipitating crisis which has obliged people to look creatively at alternative ways of doing justice. On the contrary, you may argue that there is a cultural inclination uh, in Scotland to consider, uh, to be quite, well, put it this way, to be quite complacent um, about the um, judicial, the legal system, uh, 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 and the penal system, uh, and, and not to interrogate that too much. And at least that was the case until relatively recently. But I think, uh, I, I think that has shifted. I talked earlier about uh, misunderstandings and misapp misapprehensions. Um, and, and I think this was very much the case. There was a, an assumption that it's not 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 um, not an assumption that wasn't around in other places as well. But there's an assumption that restorative justice was mostly about offenders, uh, and the potential of restorative justice was seen to be about a cheaper, more effective, more efficient way of dealing with offenders, particularly low-level offenders, um, low tariff or uh, first offenders. And 
the importance of understanding the um, potential and the positive impact on victims, I think, has been not understood, which is why since the formation of the Restorative Justice Forum uh, a couple of years ago, well, I can I can talk about that. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just before that. I, I wanted to ask you uh, right now. Where do you think that Scotland stands? How developed is uh, restorative justice in Scotland right now? It's very patchy, and it pops up in quite unexpected places. Uh, there's very little work based in criminal justice social work, for example. Um, uh, It depends where there is enthusiasm and knowledge and where it can be supported managerially in terms of the uh, overall tasks of criminal justice social work. Um, but it, it, I, I would guess, um, as far as I can tell, that it's only really active in maybe one or two places and then that not consistently. Um, depending very much on the on, on the knowledge and the commitment of uh, a very few um, qualified restorative justice practitioners who are also criminal justice social workers. Mm -hmm. In terms of the voluntary sector, I think there has been a, a shrinking even um, uh, within SACRO, at least a, a stasis. And again, um, there is a tendency... To um, for for services to be offered uh, for diversion um, from prosecution, so low end stuff, and we know from research that um, that isn't necessarily where restorative uh, a restorative process can have um, most traction, most uh, most most impact. And then we're discovering that um, it it it'll pop up in. Other unexpected places we heard recently about uh, workers based in the Citizens Advice Bureau in Orkney who are um, running a small but apparently highly um, highly valued restorative project uh, alongside uh, an arts worker. So there, there, are, there are pockets of creativity, pockets of um, interest, but because of the neglect of restorative justice in this jurisdiction. I think it's also fair to say that we have a capacity problem um, and that we don't actually have much availability. We don't have many people who are um, qualified to uh, practice uh, in, in this field. Um, so that in itself um, poses a challenge uh, which uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can tackle. In, in the shorter and longer term. Which I know that is something that you're talking about, the Restorative Justice Forum, I know that is something yeah. that you're trying to work on. Um, I know that you, you work as an active member of the Restorative Justice Forum. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about how the Restorative uh, Justice Forum in Scotland um, came up uh, in the middle of all this here in Scotland. Yeah. Well, a couple of things happened. Um, there was a a meeting, a seminar led by members of an organisation, the South West Scotland Community Justice Authority, who had 
produced a, a video, um, a DVD, uh, called The Ripple Effect, um, in which they brought together the voices and experiences of people who've been victimised and seriously victimised, um, but also um, the voices and experiences of offenders. And it was quite clear, looking at that Ripple Effect video, that there was a gap between um, those experiences. And it was quite clear from the discussion in the seminar that people recognised that that gap uh, could be addressed by um, a better scrutiny of the potential for restorative justice. So um, a group of folk were, uh, were charged with carrying that forward. So that's one origin of the forum. At the same time, there was uh, the winding up of... Uh, an organisation or, or, or a grouping called Restorative Practices Scotland um, that uh, had um, brought together practitioners not just in the just criminal justice field but uh, uh, in other sectors as well um, but for various reasons that um, that organisation decided to, to, to wind up. So there was uh, an opportunity to bring together um, in a unified way, in, in, a, in a new, informal, loose structure, a conversation. I know this is a conversation too, but you know, it's important to have these A little bit different. <laughs> yeah, a conversation about uh, where we go with restorative justice in Scotland. And again, this coincided, and this is timely, because of the, um, the working through of local um, legislation which was intended to reflect the EU Directive 2012 in relation to access to justice by um, victims and uh, witnesses. Um, and it quickly, quickly became apparent to the forum that as that legislation was going through the Scottish Parliament, uh, there was absolutely no um, mention of the uh, elements in the, direct, in the directive which um, covered restorative justice. Perhaps not a surprise um, to those of us who have been knocking around Scotland for quite a while, despite um, initial responses to the legislative uh, consultation, which said, excuse me, but you've forgotten about restorative justice, which is also in the... Yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> we were able to... Um, promote a, a new clause at the last stage in the, pro, uh, the progress of that legislation, which set out to, uh, remember I was saying that the, 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 the idea of restorative justice has been very offender-focused, uh, but the point of the clause was to um, attempt to legislate for the right of any victim to have uh, to request access to restorative process. Um, and uh, it was deliberately, if you like, um, pitched um, big uh, in, in the hope that at least we'd get something out of that uh, 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 political negotiation. And indeed, um, when the legislation came to Parliament, Scottish Parliament, in I think it was December 13, could be December 14. Um, 
close to that date. <laughs> yes, not so long ago. Um, the Scottish Government accepted the uh, December fourteen. Accepted the, um, the the need to and, and committed itself to uh, publishing guidance in relation to the. Um, to access um, to restorative uh, justice by victims. And you were engaged in, in that work and you actually presented a few, let's say, principles and guidelines to, to the ministry, the, yes. to the government. Yes, I mean, the, the, I, mean I, I think particularly for those of your listeners who um, aren't maybe up to speed with the politics of, uh, the penal politics of... Um, uh, of Scotland, there's a lot of other things going on at the same time, including a uh, change of the uh, justice justice minister, the cabinet secretary for justice, also a decision not to uh, go ahead with a large women's prison in uh, in the Clyde, and a, a commitment to rethinking the female custodial estate. Um, uh, latterly worked to do with um, the reform of community justice uh, and also uh, to do with um, a presumption against short uh, prison sentences. So um, the civil servants um, working in justice uh, are, are clearly have had a, a lot to do over this period. And so the, the forum has uh, uh, certainly offered its skills and expertise in coming up with a, a, an initial um, draft. I, I should say prior to that, that, prior to that though, we were very lucky um, in Scotland that Professor Joanna Shapland of uh, Sheffield University um, agreed to uh, act as our convener. Um, uh, as you know, uh, Joanna is uh, a, a, a researcher uh, into victimology and restorative justice with uh, international, an international reputation, and uh, she certainly, her insights um, have been um, most constructive and very, very helpful in taking us forward. The situation now um, is that uh, in com- we, th- there have been conversations with, uh, with representatives of the forum, with, uh, with government, but also representatives of um, agencies uh, such as uh, Victim Support Scotland, Rape Crisis, Women's Aid, uh, about those guidelines. And the Scottish Government has a, a draft um, the the deadline for compliance with the EU directive has passed, um, but we're still waiting for uh, a response from the Scottish Government on on, on those guidelines, uh, and that's where we're poised um, at, at the moment. And what's your expectations regarding this? Do you think that uh, the the, gov- the Scottish Government will take these guidelines or? Um will take in consideration half of it, some of them, um, or will completely ignore them? I think it would be difficult to, to completely ignore them because um, that's, they have a, a statutory obligation to issue guidelines. Um, and uh, so uh, that, that is absolutely uh, non-negotiable. Um, the 
the question is the degree to which there is an acceptance of uh, the knowledge and experience that exists in the forum, not just um, of practice uh, locally but uh, internationally in terms of the potential for restorative justice, particularly in relation to victims of serious, uh, serious, uh, serious offences. Um, and uh, I, I think that might be controversial. Um, I hope not. Um, I hope not. But uh, the, 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 risk, the risk is there. Taking baby steps, very much. <laughs> It's been very much about taking um, baby steps and recognising that in order to drive through innovation and policy change, even on the margins, there is a substantial job of work to be done in terms of explaining and entering into an informed uh, dialogue. Um, there but with 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 the with the um, with the strength that comes from uh, a recognition that the value base of the restorative justice process um, is one uh, which one would want to see infusing the value base of the judicial and penal process in Scotland in any case. Uh, when, when it comes to restorative justice in general, there's obviously a, um, a huge gap between practice and um, theory, I mean, between policy and uh, um, all, all the, the, the academic stuff that, that has been done so far. Uh, <laughs> uh, would, you, would you say that there's also a gap in, in, in terms of uh, networking? Um, and when I say networking and network, I mean between professionals? Within this jurisdiction? I would say in general, because one of... I think that, personally, one, one, one of the, the, the main obstacles uh, um, in, regarding the, the implementation of restorative justice practices is that there's no much n connection between professionals in general. There's a lot of research that has uh, been done mm -hmm. Um, but there's no actually a, a true connection, which is, is changing, it has been changing, but still there's a, a lot of uh, um, a lot happening in, in many different jurisdictions that other practitioners and academics don't know because yeah. they don't talk between them. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, this is very much the, uh, where the, the forum um, can make a, a, an ongoing contribution um, uh, quite apart from the work it's done in relation to the guidelines, because you know, round the table, uh, at this point, we will have, we do have people from police, from uh, the Crown Office of Prosecution uh, Agency in Scotland, from the voluntary sector, from criminal justice social work, um, uh, from courts administration, uh, and, uh, and so on. So on one level, I think we've got the right people uh, around the table to facilitate that kind of um, exchange between research and practice, but also an exchange between um, agencies as to how they are thinking through um, the potential of restorative uh, justice. What we're hoping to do as well 
um, is to set up a practitioner network, uh, which, um, if it gets off the ground, will facilitate practice supervision, reflective learning, and networking amongst people who are actually doing restorative justice on the ground, as well as people who are supervising those practitioners. Uh, now, I mean, it's very early days, yet it's still in concept, um, but I, I think it's uh, something that would be very um, important in, in, in this jurisdiction. The other uh, the side of that is that, yes, I mean, the forum sees as its role um, in uh, developing events which will be about communicating ideas uh, and knowledge uh, and research um, uh, as, uh, as appropriate. I know that the, the University of Strathclyde um, is, is going to welcome the University of uh, Holster in, in the summer for uh, an intensive uh, restorative justice course. don't know if you want to yeah. mention that or talk yeah, about that. I mean, the, the, this, is, this is a really, this is really exciting development. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that we have a capacity problem, we have a practice capacity problem. Because of the neglect of restorative justice in, in, in Scotland, uh, and to move forward, um, we, we need to have people on the ground who can, uh, who can offer uh, such services. So I'm absolutely delighted that um, Tim Chapman uh, and, and his colleagues from the University of Ulster will be coming across um, and offering their foundation course in restorative practice uh, at, uh, in, in Glasgow um, in, in June. Uh, at the same time, I should also say that uh, SACRA itself is developing uh, a restorative um, practice training based on their existing core mediation skills uh, training, and uh, hopefully that will come on stream uh, during the course of the year as well. Um, so uh, these are these are necessary steps, um, but it's very exciting to see that uh, it's beginning to fall in. Um, fall into place. And in the right direction. <laughs> in, in, well, yes, absolutely. Um, we're, talking about earlier about, we're talking about your background earlier, and I know that you're also the managing editor of the Scottish, Scottish Justice Matters, um, a journal that was conceived and um, founded, funded by the Scottish Consortium on Crime and Criminal Justice. Um, and I know that there has been some interesting um, articles uh, on restorative justice. I don't know if you want to talk about that too. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is this is um, this is uh, my opportunity for an, a, an ad break. Um, <laughs> if you if you haven't come across our wonderful publication called Scottish Justice Matters, you can uh, find it on the web and, uh, and on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, we have. Uh, what we attempt to do is to offer a platform for uh, accessible sharing of for both academic knowledge and also practice and experience knowledge um, about uh, specifically about criminal justice in Scotland. But obviously, that uh, what what has to be said about Scotland um, has a lot of relevance uh, elsewhere as well. So uh, yes, so we have a, we, we had. A, Probably, probably not published as much as we should about restorative justice, but 
you know, that that um, that may change, but uh, we've had a piece by Karen Stead-Madison, for example, on um, the project in Stockholm, uh, working with uh, victims of, uh, of of rape, um, and you know, that that's the sort of thing which we would want to showcase to uh, our readers in Scotland and perhaps uh, perhaps elsewhere. So yes, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, and, uh, and all the rest of it. So, so that's the best way for people to find out uh, more about the Scottish uh, justice matters. Yeah, if if your if your listeners have made it this far into the podcast, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> then um, and want a bit of light relief, uh, then uh, do do find us. Now, okay, again, it is ScottishJusticeMatters.com. <laughs> don't know if you want to leave any other um, email, uh, email address or re- with regards to the Restorative Justice Forum uh, Scotland. I, I'd be delighted. Uh, I'd be delighted to hear from anybody who wants to know more about uh, the Restorative Justice Forum in, in, in Scotland, and um, I can put you in touch with uh, the newsletter and, uh, and so on. And for that, people would have to email you to? At, uh, at? Mary Monroe at Strathak UK. Mary, that's all we have for this episode of Restorative Conversations. I'd like to thank you for your time and insight. You can join the community of restorative researchers by using those search terms on Facebook or LinkedIn or email me to find out more at... Tanya Nascimento, I should spell this, um, T-A-N-I-A-N-A-S-C-I-M-E-N-T-O-M, gmail.com. You can also contact the founder of the community, Ian Marder, at i.marderleads.ac.uk. Please join us for the next episode of Restorative Conversations. And until then, goodbye.